I had to have not one, but two massive wake up calls. I lost two dear friends to suicide in a year. You're not only denying yourself, but you're denying the world of what you were here to do in your own special way. Being willing to show up and, and not be great at first. And our guest today has definitely been showing up in her own life, following her why and purpose. She has interviewed one of the biggest names in the world, President Barack Obama, as well as Angelina Jolie and many others. Kate had a 17 years competitive swimming career and now works as an executive coach with leaders in business and sports. As someone who had a competitive swimming career and knew how hard she had to train her physical muscles to compete at a high level, she realized that there must be something that would allow her to train her attitude, spirit and mind. We talk about Kate's habit of sitting and staring alone in a room. We also touch upon patience and the importance of it and some incredible gems from her freshly released book, The Full Spirit Workout. Guys, this was an awesome interview and just as a heads up, I struggled with connection issues so some pieces have been cut out. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Kate Ackman. You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts, Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest, stories, and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Grateful Show. Hope you are doing fantastic, and if you are not, you're about to be, because today we have no other than Kate Ekman. How is it going, Kate? It's going so well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Yeah, just to break the ice, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for the technology and all of its frustrations, but that I'm in the United States and you guys are in Romania and London and we're all here and able to connect. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And of course, I'd love to give you a hug in person and, and sit across from you in person, but same, same. how great that we can that we can do this. And I think it's a great reminder when we are all sick of Zoom and technology isn't working, that there are these beautiful moments of genuine mm-hmm. connection. Yeah, that's so true because mm-hmm. everybody's just complaining that technology is doing, I mean, it's so harmful harm. for all the people because they are wasting so much time on social media. But if you use it like to grow and to expand yourself and your business, I mean, like you said, look at this. I mean, we are hundreds of kilometers, miles away and we are able to do this, to do this interview and uh, yeah, it's going great. Yeah. So it's exciting. I think it's good to keep just even the smallest of wins in mind and really celebrate them as you go throughout the day, because there is so much struggle and chaos and uncertainty and stress all around us. And so to really celebrate any little win and to remind ourselves of the goodness around us and how many things are going right and are Mm -hmm. actually serving Mm -hmm. and benefiting Mm -hmm. us at, at all moments, but we sometimes forget or dismiss it in the name of, well, this thing, this thing isn't working out or whatever. So mindful of, of what, what is working and how we are so, so blessed at all times, actually. For sure. For sure. Mindful and aware. Uh, Kate, for our audience that doesn't really know uh, uh, your background, can you give us like a three to four minutes introduction into who you are and how you came to be where you are, please? 
Absolutely. So I've had a very forward facing career as a TV news anchor and reporter and television host. And I've, I've been all around the world selling beauty products on, on QVC, which is the, the number one, t- which you have in the UK. So, you know, but um, TV uh, sales for home shopping. And I, you know, have interviewed some of the biggest names in the world, like President Barack Obama and Angelina Jolie as a journalist. And I've, um, you know, as a former elite athlete, I had a 17 year competitive swimming career and um, work as an executive coach now with leaders in business and sports. And my, my broadcasting career and journalism career, um, the next step was to write a book. And I'm very passionate about personal and professional development and really giving people the keys for a better way of living. And mm-hmm. as someone who had this competitive swimming career, I knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at a high level. And I thought there must be a way to train my attitudinal muscles, my mental, emotional, spiritual muscles so that I could navigate the world more effectively and and not just achieve outside success, material success, but also feel really good on the inside and feel fulfillment. Because I think most of us, or I'll even say all of us have experienced, um, you know, getting something that we want, or we've achieved the goal, but we still feel like something's missing, or we don't mm-hmm. feel that meaning or fulfillment in our lives. And that normally is because we're just on the, on the hamster wheel rat race, trying to keep up doing what society says we should be doing. And we've lost our way. And, and we've put all of our worth outside of ourselves. And I, I was certainly guilty of that. You know, it's all about what we look like and how much money we make and how many people were impressing and, and, all of those shiny objects and what my own life told me and what research also indicates is that those shiny objects don't actually move the needle and our well-being. What moves the needle are things like gratitude and, and acts of kindness and service, sleep, exercise, time affluence, social connection. So I've really been on a quest to create a, a workout to get fit on the inside. And, and that's my pride and joy right now is, is this book that has just come out and the called the full spirit workout. And I, I'm just really passionate about talking about these concepts because mm-hmm. I think so many of us are struggling now more than ever. Um, people don't feel comfortable talking about taboo subjects like suicide prevention, yeah. depression, anxiety, shame, judgment, all of these things. The, I call it emotional gravity that weighs us down. And so I just really want to blow the lid off of that and have these candid conversations mm-hmm. to normalize what it means to have a bad day, to know that struggling is part of the human experience, but we mm-hmm. don't have to stay stuck there. We, we really can cultivate a better way of life. I love it. I love it. Brilliant. And I, I noticed you, you mentioned that basically from a 17 year career, professional career in swimming, you moved into mindset work. How was that all for you? And how did you actually come to the conclusion and hold on a second, I actually have to think about the inside as well. And as you said, uh, have like actual workouts for my mind, for my attitude, for my well-being. How, how was that whole transition, Kate? Yeah. And that's a great question because I think sometimes we get that, that nudge or that urge that says, you know, I, I'm, I'm not enjoying life right now. We're like, something is, isn't working here. And for me, I had to have not one, but two massive wake up calls. I lost two dear friends to suicide in a year and it completely changed the trajectory of my life and the way I chose to look at myself and, and the choices I was making again, the person who was putting all of my worth in the externals and, and these two men, they didn't have to leave us. I I just think they did. They didn't have the tools. They didn't see, um, 
a way out except for to end their lives and, and just the tragedy in that. And so dealing with not only that grief, but I think also that fear of, am I going to end up like them? I mean, they were cream of the crop. They were so loved by everyone that they met. They were the life of every party. They were just kind, beautiful souls. And so I think you see something like that and experience that kind of loss. You have no choice, but to change. And I wanted to change for the better and really, you know, you never grow up and think I'm going to talk about suicide prevention and be a suicide prevention activist and talk about mental health. Um, it's not sexy. It's not cool, but mm. I'm honored to do this work and I'm honored to be a face of it. You know, I get a lot of, oh, I didn't think someone like you would experience depression or anxiety or, you know, even contemplate uh, hurting yourself in some way because you were in so much pain. And I talk openly about that in my book. And I think we all need to start getting more clear about who we are at our core underneath all of the, the bells and whistles and titles and labels and, and, and really start coming home to ourselves and, and also taking care of the people around us and, and checking in with people in a, in a meaningful way and, and actually caring about more than just what we achieve and mm-hmm. what we do and, and, and really taking the focus back to who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so lovely. I mean, a lot of people should at least have like a broad understanding of what mental health is. And before they are doing any anything that may harm them or the people around them, you should just seek for help or maybe read a book or maybe, I don't know, watch a video on YouTube that may help you. So you, so you like don't give up. And uh, I was just curious, um, you were talking about your friends that committed suicide. Um, I'm just curious, are you doing what you are doing right now? I mean, is it a part of it just because you had these personal influences in your life and now you want to help more people? Yeah, so this whole book is so much bigger than me and it really is a divine assignment. It's a, a, a great life assignment that I took on for, for them and really mm-hmm. everyone who struggles with mental health, which as I'm discovering is everybody, we, we all struggle with mental yeah. health in some way. I think the, the, the quicker we can be clear about that and really embrace that and, and prioritize our well-being, the better. But yeah, I dedicated my book to them and, and to everyone who, who is struggling. And um, I think we often hear these these callings or, or we get the little whisper and then sometimes it gets into a loud mm-hmm. scream. And, and that's what this, this book was. I mean, quite frankly, who, who has time to, to write a book? And, and I did all of this during a global pandemic and, but it was just a call that I felt I needed to answer. It's the most important work I've ever done. It's the most challenging work I've ever done. You just feel like you're living in a vacuum and isolation on top of isolation. It's still even weird that the book is out. Um, and it, it's just great to, to share it with the world. And it's a life resource tool that I can share forever. And I think that my story is an invitation to everyone to, to do the thing, whatever that thing is for you, that you've been putting off, that you say you don't have time for, that you make excuses around. I think now is the time and, and the world needs your gifts and unique strengths and, and to put it into place. And it doesn't have to be on a huge grand scale. It can, but even if you touch one life through your creativity and your, your gifts, that's enough. And I I think when you, when you don't take that leap of faith and you don't stretch your comfort zone, you're not only denying yourself, but you're denying the world of what you were here to do in your own special way. 
for sure, for sure. Uh, you were mentioning about um, how we are all more or less conditioned to be in this whole competitive, I guess, behavior slash attitude. And I think that more than anything, it applies in sports, especially professional sports. Uh, both myself and Bogdan have a professional sports background and we know how, I guess, individualistic, selfish and super self-centered um, professional sports are. Uh, so I would say, what would be three things that you, you would say are mandatory to, to begin with when it comes to actually understanding that it's not all about you and you shouldn't be in competition with everyone around you. You shouldn't always try to prove yourself to everyone that you interact with. What would be three things, three realizations that you came across or you would, could recommend to, to our audience to implement moving forward? Yeah, that's a, it's such a great question and such an important question. And it's we, it's important and, and, and really kind of, you know, mandatory at this point. Um, it's not just a little luxury or cute thing to write or post about on Instagram. We all need to get really clear on our why. And that's our purpose. People tell me, especially writing a book, then everyone says, oh, I want to write a book. And I say, great. Why do you want to write a book? And if your why is more money or notoriety or again, the externals, okay, thank you for your honesty. And that's fine. Uh, but you know, you're probably not going to enjoy it that much. It's probably not going to be your best work. It's like people saying, I want to have kids so I can post pictures of them on Instagram and get more likes. Oh my gosh. You're probably going to hate parenthood. Your, your kid is going to hate you and you're going to hate being a parent because it's like all the wrong reasons. And so I think when our, our why is really pure for me, the why was these two men and, and to, to start talking about taboo subjects and to give people practical tools and strategies and exercises they can do to live a better, happier, more rewarding life, not just for themselves, but for the collective. I mean, this book is really about the collective healing, not just my own personal healing and our, our own, you know, and when you are doing this work, by the way, you become the person who naturally attracts the money, the opportunities, mm -hmm. the experiences. Mm -hmm. It's no longer about striving and forcing and controlling. You're taking your, your hands off the wheel. You're putting in your work and then you're surrendering and you're becoming that person. That's your default setting is someone with a bigger purpose and someone mm -hmm. who um, cares about not just themselves, but their families, their organizations, causes greater than themselves. So getting really clear on your why and being honest, not writing down the answer. I mean, do these exercises by yourself, you know, journal it out. Why is this important to you right now? And, and, and being truthful. And, and so maybe it's like, okay, I actually don't want to write a book. What I really want to do is leave this job and start my own business that does X. So another practice and a way to do this is what I call my sit and stare time. And it's just sitting quietly in a room alone. And, and processing and reflecting and, and staring out the window and, and looking at the trees and just checking in with yourself like you would a small child and ask, how are you doing? What do you need right now? And if you're feeling extra bold and courageous saying, I'm so proud of you or great job handling that difficult conversation or overcoming that, that challenging um, interaction, for example. So um, I just think when we can think more globally, think more other rather than just self and, and being really intentional and deliberate and conscious with our actions and decisions. And again, that comes, that comes, um, to the why, but, um, why am I doing this post? Why am I at this job? Why am I attracted to this career path? And 
honesty is your friend. The truth is your friend. It can be painful. It can be scary. It can be uncomfortable, but the quicker that we are real with ourselves, life starts to flow. And again, then you're not Mm -hmm. just benefiting yourself, but, but really everyone you interact with, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course. It makes a total sense. And I'm a true believer myself that we are the ones that are standing in our own ways and to add up, uh, add on top of what you just said about sitting in a room quiet, I think it was Carl Jung that mentioned that most of people's problems would be basically solved eating. And it's something that majority of people don't have the luxury to, to afford nowadays because we are so caught up in like ordering food and like doing this, doing that, doing this side gig, doing that, having this, having that. And like, we are always so caught up, but I think it's, it all comes down again, as you mentioned to the fact that we don't know our why and people are not intentional. They just go to the motions. Oh, uh, this guy asked me if I, if I can go to his party. Yeah. I might as well go to the party. Oh, this guy asked me if I can do that, be there for them. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that as well. And then they find themselves at like 30, 40, 50 that they, don't really know themselves and they don't really know what they should be doing with their lives. And yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't say that it's too late, but of course they wasted a lot of time doing nothing, not being intentional. Yeah. And I I think too, that, um, you know, people, and I, I I get it, right. People say, well, I don't have time or must be nice or good for you. (laughs) Cause I don't do five minutes of sit and stare a day. I I do at least an hour and I'll break it up in between meetings, but it's a reset. It's a recalibration. It increases your productivity and your creativity and improves your relationships and your confidence. I mean, it it really works. And and you can get 10 times as much done in a fraction of the time when you give yourself this, this space and your mind, Mm -hmm. this space to, to breathe. And so when people say, I don't have time, I hear that a lot. I say, well, I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to be nasty with my loved ones or with the stranger on the phone or at the grocery store because I'm exhausted and sleep deprived and and upset. So I think it's choosing in every moment who we really want to be. This is certainly a practice. I think there's this other notion that I'm good or I don't need a coach. I don't need this book. I don't need this. And I, I think of Tom Brady who, you know, regardless of where you are in the world, you probably are familiar with him. He's, you know, he and I were both big 10 athletes at the same time. I was at Penn state as a swimmer. He was at Michigan, of course, playing football and he's still winning super bowls at 43, 44 years old. And I joke that my knees hurt when I go to Pilates and it's, this is a man who trains harder than anyone, not because he's the worst, but because he's the best. And so everyone has their super bowl, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's the healthy relationship. Maybe it's, um, you know, directing a movie, maybe it's just feeling at peace and at home within your body. And that takes practice. I, I don't know why people think that like these, think of your favorite entertainer, celebrity, whomever, that they just show up and are that thing. They have put so much work into it. They have a strong why. And, and so I, I think just honoring that and, and giving yourself the time and space and energy to put in the practice and the preparation to really live the life that you say you want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It was like that saying, it took me 15 years to be an overnight success. Yes. Yes. I I wanted to, I wanted to ask you for our audience. I think this will be very insightful. What is one event slash experience that you are the most grateful for and why? Wow. What a question. I'll see what comes to mind. Um, 
You know, what came to mind is my swimming career and it, it wasn't always easy. And by the end of it, I feel like I, I started to hate the sport because it was just so grueling. And I had a new coach who just pushed us past my physical limits, certainly, but I'm grateful for that sport that it gave me the discipline and the dedication and taught me about work ethic and what it means to be a good teammate and what it means to show up and, and do your best and to have fun, even on the days you don't feel like it. And, and that is just even one of my cornerstones of confidence building is being willing to show up and, and not be great at first mm-hmm. or even ever. Mm-hmm. That's me in dance class. Never going to be great in dance class, but that's not the point. It's about being willing to show up and, and have some fun and, and, and move my body and, and being willing to, as I say, dare to suck. So I think any experience where we are just willing to put ourselves out there in a meaningful way and not judge ourselves is a, is a moment to be, to be grateful for. And, and, and quite simply put, I'm just processing live here with, with you and everybody, but I think every, every moment that we are breathing and we get to wake up and experience life is a moment to be grateful for. I I think this past year, especially we've seen how nothing is guaranteed at all. And one day you wake up and life is one way. And the next day it is a completely different world. And to really savor those moments and, and savoring is a practice that boosts your wellness and your, and your happiness meter so much, but yet we all just rush through life without really savoring that coffee date with a friend or the, you know, walk in nature or a conversation like this, where you just get to connect with people. So slowing down and savoring those moments. And, and I, as I like to say, go slow to go fast. When you slow down and savor yeah. those moments, then you you'll see that you start to really flow and, and achieve your, your goals a bit quicker. Yeah, mm-hmm. could agree more with you. And it's so shameful that people are grateful for the things in their lives or for the people in their lives, and they realize it only when they like lose a person or again a thing. And then you start to realize, holy shit, that thing was a big part of my life, or I can't, uh, I don't know, handle life anymore without my, I don't know, that thing because it saved me a lot of time. So we really should be grateful for the things before they disappear, because we all know that everything will go in life. And uh, yeah, the more grateful you are, the more you're going to, I don't know, the less regret you're going to have when you're going to be on your deathbed. But Kate, uh, you mentioned and you gave uh, us and our audience a tip a bit earlier that we should be sitting alone in our room with our thoughts. And I was thinking because myself, I am doing this as well. Uh, I'm talking about self-criticism and is it good or bad to actually criticize yourself and your life or the experiences that you have or had? I think criticism is extremely harmful and uh, we're all guilty of it, of course. And, and when, when we're criticizing ourselves and, and, and our, our ego mind is telling us we're not good enough and pointing out the ways we've got it wrong or you don't quite add up to enough, that's a moment to stop and pause and say, whoa, and, and recognize it for what it is. It's just your ego mind who thrives on keeping you down. And, and when you're feeling really good about yourself, the, the, the ego is dead and the ego doesn't want to die. <laughs> you know? And so I think it's 
it's when you do sit quietly, you might hear some of those thoughts, but this is the practice of going deeper. And then you start tuning into that divine wisdom, that divine intelligence, God, spirit, universe, nature, whatever you believe in, that is the truth that is more intelligent than our, our brains that can sometimes criticize and keep us down. And so becoming practice at listening to that voice, which is the truth, which is giving you that guidance. And another way to look at this is curious brain versus anxious brain. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot mm -hmm. of time in our anxious brains. And so noticing when you're there freaking out, like, how am I going to pass this test? Or, oh my gosh, blah, whatever it is. And uh, we've all been there. We spend way too much time there. And so consciously shifting out of anxious brain into curious brain and, and saying, you know, what is this here to teach me? Mm -hmm. What am I learning about myself right now? What would feel good? How can I help this person or organization? What can I do to make the world a better place? And just being more curious about what's happening or like, wow, I'm really judging this person right now. What's that about? It must be something in myself that I don't want to look at that I'm seeing yeah. in them. And it's very easy to judge them because then I don't have to look at myself, but let's mm -hmm. get curious and look at myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Lovely. Uh, yeah. And uh, with that, I mean, everybody has these, uh, these things in their lives that they don't necessarily agree with. So for example, um, I should be just uh, getting better at sales because I'm not good at that or I have a bigger ego. So I'm just curious about yourself. What would you change about your personality or about the things or habits that you do that stays in your way right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I talk a, a lot about things I've had to overcome in the book and it was, you know, filled with someone who, despite what I was achieving on the outside was filled with anxiety and insecurity and self-doubt. And I think that's a very common human experience. Mm -hmm. And it's a product of our society that, yeah, you know, we're bombarded with messages and images that we aren't good enough or how we don't add up. And, and especially as, as women, I think women, it's all about what we look like. And men, it's like, well, how much money do you have? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, we're set up to fail because you get the thing that society says, okay, that's, you're worthy now. But then it's like, you need the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so the cycle just never ends. And that's why you have to do what science says and what my life has said actually increases your happiness. The things I mentioned earlier and, and taking a gratitude visit, you know, writing a letter to a loved one who has helped you or changed your life in a tremendous way who you've never properly thanked and, and, and reading them that letter, you mentioned it earlier. When do we usually do that? When the person is no longer here and we're mm -hmm. crying at their funeral, tell people now and not just, Hey, thank you. I appreciate you, which I highly recommend do that, but write someone a letter and, and show up at their house or show up on Zoom and read it to them. And, and you will see that your well-being skyrockets, their well-being skyrockets. You have this incredible bond for life. And then that spreads and spreads and spreads. So now we're spreading gratitude and kindness and empowerment and healing rather than all the other yucky stuff. And when you're in that place, you don't have time to be in self-doubt. You're not, you're not anxious. You're not stressed out. You're lit up by, by this act of service and kindness. And so, um, again, it is a practice, but yeah, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm constantly doing this. That's why, you know, my friend laughed. She said, Oh my gosh, your book is just what I needed. And I said, she said, I read it every day. I said, 
I, I refer back to my book all the time too. And she laughed. And I think there's this notion that, oh, you wrote the book. You don't need this any longer. And that's like saying to someone with a six pack abs, oh, you have a six pack abs. You don't have to work out anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't know. I've never had six pack abs, but I would imagine <laughs> that you have to train even harder to maintain that level of fitness. And so I think just having a little more grace and compassion with ourselves and and letting ourselves and others off the hook and taking this, you know, baby steps and bite-sized little steps here, um, one at a time. And then you, you will build your inner fitness and, and you will start to, to be that person who craves this exercise because you'll start seeing results and your, your life will just feel so much better. And you're like, wow, my relationships have improved. I feel so much more confident. I'm getting all these phone calls and emails for opportunities that I feel like I didn't even have to try. People are, people are chasing me down to, to mm-hmm. work together. So it does work if you do it, but you like physical exercise, you have to put in the work. It's super cliche to mention, but again, I truly believe that everything that surrounds us, it's just a mirror of our consciousness. Therefore, whenever we uh, have weeds in the garden of our mind, right? So I was saying that on the other side, where you are, when you actually are aware and you are actually taking care of your garden or the garden of your mind, you'll be you'll begin to to notice things in in your real life, as you were mentioning, um, Kate. You'll begin uh, to see that people click with you. You'll begin to get opportunities in your way. You'll begin to feel better about yourself and about relationships with others. But we were talking about like. Um, um, universal oneness, collective, uh, however you want to call it. And I was super curious, and I think uh, the audience would be super curious to know uh, your take on this, Kate. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that it will come a time for it. Therefore, um, if you could choose to become immortal, would you choose to? If so, why? And, and if not, why? Wow, what a question. Oh, wow. Um you know, I do believe in, in past lives. And I think we've all been here many times before. I know not everyone shares that, but I believe in the afterlife. And so, you know, on one hand, I want to answer your question. Like, yeah, I want to be immortal. I want to live forever. And then there's another part of me that, you know, when, when this body, when this vessel, when, when Kate Ekman crosses over, I think when we cross over, we get little, we get little tune-ups. And so maybe, you know, get a fine tuning and and come back as an even more evolved and elevated version of myself. And maybe as a man and, and someone, um, with a different sexual orientation or, um, ethnic background to learn lessons from that point of view that can elevate and evolve my soul even more. So I'm not sure if I'm specifically answering your question, but I guess I'll go with the, you know, I'm okay. Cause I, my soul is eternal, going to live on forever. And so I'm like, I'd be curious again, not anxious brain, curious brain, curious how my soul would experience life in a different vessel and body, um, with someone totally, I think that's why I have so many friends who are so different from me. Cause I love learning from people that from different ethnic backgrounds and, and they're, and, and asking them about their specific experiences now more than ever, it's so important because of what's, what's going on in the world and the hatred based mm-hmm. on what people look like and where they come from and who they choose to date uh, and love and, and those sort of things. And so, um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to have my soul in a, in a different body. For sure. Really for sure. Nice. Really nice. I mean, we should be kind to everyone because, you might never know, maybe 
the person who you are interacting with it might be yourself reincarnated like you have just said so might as well just do yourself something good or give yourself an advice and even though it's not yourself and you don't believe in that i mean the butterfly effect works and it sooner or later it will influence so many people and uh, i'm just curious kate what would you like to be remembered for or as long before uh, you will die Mm, these are such great, great questions. Thank you. I, you know, I want to be known as a, a good, kind, loving, big hearted person. And I always want to be remembered as someone who people experience being seen and heard and acknowledged in my presence. I think that's the biggest gift we can give someone is our undivided attention and mm-hmm. where people feel less alone because of us. And I often feel uh, alone in the world because of some of my choices, for example, to be a unmarried childless woman. And, um, oftentimes even people who love us or claim to love us don't actually see us. I think it's an epidemic and it can feel um, very painful and very lonesome. So anyone, sometimes you'll get that gift from a stranger. Um, I, I even joke during this book launch, I said, I, I experienced more support from people I've never met on Instagram than even family members or, or friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did take a moment to, there were like, wow, that's kind of hurtful, but I moved quickly out of that into gratitude for the people who do show up. And sometimes it's the most unexpected people, whether we're experiencing a tremendous success or tremendous failure or a a loss or a tragedy. And so I think just being really super grateful for the people who do show up. But I think the, the more that we can see and hear and acknowledge people, that's what's going to really change and uplift and energize the world. And I make that my mission and that's, mm-hmm. that's my commitment and, and really committed to the collective healing as well. Really nice. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that may be one of the hardest things someone can do to actually be good, even though that person wasn't that nice to you because that's where your ego shouldn't be facing the situation. You, you should just forget. Maybe that person is just having a bad day or I don't know, maybe they are about to commit suicide and, uh, or I don't know, even something worse. Uh, can't, nothing comes to my mind, but I was just curious. I mean, it's very subjective, uh, of course, but what would you say that it's the meaning of life? I think the meaning of life is to be happy and experience heaven on earth as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that is created in our mind. It's not, you know, I think being in a beautiful location on vacation certainly helps us experience that quicker, but I think it's, it's easy to feel heaven on earth when you're on the, the luxury vacation in a beautiful location. I think the challenge and, and really the gift and the opportunity is to experience heaven on earth when you're going through the mundane tasks or, um, you're experiencing a setback. And I, I think it's, it's, it's evolution and enlightenment is really the meaning of life and, and giving ourselves the space to explore that in a profound, meaningful way. And then, and then share that gift with others. And I think the meaning of life is, is to share your gifts with the world and to help other people identify and leverage their strengths for the betterment of the world as well. Yeah, that's very lovely. Evolution and alignment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody should do that. And everybody should consider at least uh, 
doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, we spoke a lot about what you are doing right now and the challenges that you have to overcome and now the book. But um, I'm just curious, what would be your future goals? I mean, what would you like to, to do in the future? Because everybody has like this dream or, or something in their mind. What's going to be yours? I see myself writing more books and um, being able to connect in an even more global way with people and, and spreading these messages of peace and relief and hope and empowerment and joy. And I, I really think my, my mission is, is to continue to learn ways to feel more at peace uh, within my body, within my life and extend that out mm -hmm. to others. Um, you know, of course, I, I'd like to go on nice vacations and, and live in nice homes and all the things. But ultimately, I think that's just a byproduct of doing of doing the work that I'm mm -hmm. called to do. And I, I mean, really, my goals are involving connection with myself and others. And that's, that's when I feel most alive. And I, I mean, that's what it's, it's all about. And I think so many of us have fallen asleep to that notion. And so of course I, I have material goals and financial goals and, and want to live a comfortable life in that way. But when I'm just connecting deeply with someone and especially myself, starting with myself, there, there really is nothing greater to me than just, just feeling at peace. Um, and not so at war within myself. Cause I, I think we've all experienced that like mentally and emotionally and to, and to be at odds. Cause, and then you're at odds with, with the people around you. And, um, that that's my, my commitment. And, um, I think I can do that through books and, and teaching everything that I've learned through life and, and my own research. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, it's it's just a matter of time because you're already more or less there. It's just a matter of yourself realizing that for yourself and acknowledging yourself more and more often. Um, but Kate, uh, we we are approaching the the end of our conversation. But before we we ask you the last question, I wanted to um, ask you a bit more about the book. Maybe a lesson or maybe a specific chapter that you want to to share with our audience. And again, the book is going to be linked in the description, but uh, just give us like a tease. Yeah, so something that a lot of people are resonating with are the five P's of confidence. And they are presence, patience, purpose, preparation, and practice. And because I love you guys and your audience, I'll give you two bonus P's. And that's pause and person as in be a person. So my speaking coach, Eduardo will always say to me, just be a freaking person. And, and I've always been caught up in perfectionism and having to give the perfect performance, which is no such thing. And I think when someone can give us the, the freedom of just being a person and, and knowing how our humanity is just is so relatable and sexy and, and good mm -hmm. enough and, and dwelling in that space and I know we don't have time to go through all the P's, but I do like to talk about patience. It stems from the Latin word for suffering. So I think it explains why we all hate being patient. You know, yeah. we're suffering while we're waiting for our goal, our thing, the, the, whatever we want to happen. And so I, I, I have a little story that I'll illustrate. And, and we mentioned it earlier with the, it's only took 15 years to become an overnight success, but 20 years ago, country singer Shelby Lynn won Best New Artist at the Grammys. And when she accepted her award, she said, oh, Best New Artist, thank you. It only took 13 years and six albums to get here. 
And, and she almost said it in a little sassy way. And I'll never forget that. It's the only acceptance speech I've ever remembered because it was so profound. And I think there's this notion that, oh, you won a Grammy, best new artist. You just started doing music last year. Like what's wrong with me? I'm not experiencing any success yet. And so just honoring the process and trusting in the process and, and you are going to get to where you need to go and, and honoring the hard work that it takes to, to get there and mm -hmm. to achieve a, a very worthy goal. And even with patients too, my own mother couldn't get pregnant for nearly eight years. And obviously she did because I'm here and I have an older brother. And so, um, I, I think of that often when I'm in that place of like, oh, when is it my turn or my time? Like enough already. I've paid my dues. I've done the work and just holding on and, and, and giving it up, you know, giving it up as an act of, of trust and surrender and, and, and not holding so tight to the goal. And I think that took the stress and pressure off my mom and her body. And, and she was able to have two children and two years after eight years of nothing. And I think it's important to remember uh, lessons like that. And to talk about these experiences, wow. because, you know, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think believing in the divine timing and the divine intelligence, that's always at play behind the scenes, whether we realize it or not. And, and I think of these stories often and, um, it, it, it is a practice and, and these, that's why this book is, is so nice to turn to again and again for those little daily reminders and, um, to really strengthen that, that inner confidence and resilience, but everyone is loving the five P's and the bonus P's because those are things that you can practice and, and practice is one of the five P's and, and really start to strengthen yourself from within. Thank you so much for sharing those, uh, those tips with us, those gems, with us and um, I'm sure that our audience and everybody around the world would just love your book. But um, yeah, I mean, we gotta be aware of um, your time and our, our audience time. So we're just gonna ask you the last question. Just take your time if you need it uh, before answering. So it goes like this. Um, imagine yourself on your deathbed. So you are about to die. You lived uh, all your life, and uh, now, just before you go, there is this person, it's yourself, it's the best version of you looking at yourself in the eyes. You see and comprehend what you could have become. How would you feel about yourself and about your life in that moment? Wow. Um, I, I would just look at myself, and I, I hope I'm answering this question correctly, but it would just be good job. I'm so proud of you. Not because you were perfect or did everything right, but you were, you were a woman who showed up, you showed up, you gave it your all you had fun and, and you made sure the people around you had fun. And so I, I say bra brava and, and I love you. Good, good job. Good, good work, kid. You did it. That's so lovely. I mean, I'm more than sure that you're just going to be looking at yourself in a mirror. And uh, anyways, there's so much room for regrets. I mean, everybody's thinking about regrets, but by the end of the day, we are the outcome of the decisions that we took, the good ones and the bad ones. So we just got to live with that. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing those with us. And uh, just before we let you go, Kate, can you please uh, share again with our audience where can they find you and, uh, yeah, whatever you want. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to connect with you online because I'm all about community and, and collaboration and we need more of that on the internet. So I'm at kateekman.tv. So K-A-T-E. E-C-K-M-A-N dot TV, like the tube that you watch. And for more information about the book, you can go to the fullspiritworkout.com. All the information is there where to order for your country, all the information and testimonials for the book. And I'm Kate Ekman on social media, and I'd love to connect. Please say hi. And all of the meditations from the book are also on my website for free. So I would take advantage of that because, um, I, I mix them in high frequencies and they really do take you on a journey of self-discovery and it's, it's really soothing for both your brain and body health. So take advantage of that. And, and I'd love to connect with you and thank you guys so much for having me. It's just, it's just my joy to be here with you and your audience. So thank you again. Honestly, our pleasure. I mean, you dropped some uh, really nice gems and I'm more than sure that our audience, if only 1%, they will apply in their lives. I mean, it's just going to become so much better. And uh, yeah, thank you so much again. Uh, You've been listening to The Grateful Show. And uh, yeah, this is the episode with Kate Ekman. And uh, until next time, stay grateful. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for sticking all the way till the end. This shows that you are serious about taking your life to the next level and doing that through a perspective of gratitude. If you enjoyed this interview, it would help us massively if you could give us a 5-star rating review on iTunes or else share this on your stories and tag us. This way, with your help, our message will be seen by more people and together we will make this world a better place.